Welcome back to Be Seen, the Astani Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering podcast at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. If this is your first episode, my name is Emily and I'm a department advisor and co-host of the podcast. Traditionally, Be Seen highlights ongoing department research and provides a sneak peek view into student life and the community. However, today we're doing something a little different. We're going to take a deep dive into environmental engineering and hear from the program director, Dr. Amy Childress, and an alumni of the master's program, Pooja Sinha. Dr. Childress is the director of the environmental engineering programs and a professor of civil and environmental engineering. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Childress. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We are recording this episode on a Monday. So how was your weekend? Very good. My weekend feels like it was 10 weeks ago. And yeah, it was a good weekend. To dive in, would you be willing to share a little bit about the Masters of Environmental Engineering program? What does it look like? Okay, so right now we have topic areas in water and air and energy, and we make sure that students get core understanding in both of those, but that they also have a basic understanding of the water energy nexus, soon to be water energy food nexus because of a new hire, Adam Simpson. And then we also make sure that all students, although they might take more classes in one area, get exposure to air, climate, and those type of topics. We also have another new faculty starting next January, and she will bring aspects of resource recovery, carbon capture and sequestration, and resources from that as well. To give a larger overview, the master's program is currently 28 units typically three to four semesters, depending on the student background and their goals. It's two required classes, and then you get to choose from a water or air track. So all of our students have to pick one of these tracks. Could you share a little bit more about what these tracks are? We have current students and maybe even prospective student listeners that are also struggling on how to decide what track to follow. Yeah, if students are interested in topics such as the potable reuse of wastewater or desalination, then they would obviously want to go the water track. If students have interest in air quality, energy, air, and that nexus, or energy, air, and climate, then the other topic is the way they should go. When a student pursues a track, say they go the water track. When they graduate, how different are the jobs as opposed to following the air track? So they expect to have different opportunities. Okay, so from our master's program, a few students do go on to the PhD program, but then a lot take jobs either in consulting, for example, water at maybe a water district, or if it's air or climate, AQMD, that's a local agency. So there's jobs in the private sector, government jobs, and we work with our students. We want to see our master's students either go get a PhD if that's what they want or find a job. We have lots of connections locally, but not only that, throughout the U.S. or even beyond. So what do you think is unique about our program at USC? Being in Southern California, we're at the heart of water reuse and potable reuse. So there's so many projects right now that are going on around us and hiring as a result of that. 
But we're also at the heart of a mega city that has air quality, climate, urban heat island issues. So environmental engineers, there's plenty to study around us, and there are plenty of jobs around us for that reason as well. Our location gives us a great place to look around and see these problems all around us. But also soon we will have this breadth that students are often interested in, where we're not just air or water and climate, we're also considering food. And then resource recovery is absolutely critical when we're looking at recovering resources from maybe waste streams, and then what to do with those. It could be a solid waste stream, it could be a wastewater stream, but making all of that available to our students, it's a lot of the hot topics right now. And we've been looking to fill these holes in our program, and I think students would be interested in that. Talking about all of these things, and this is just me purely being curious, do you think there's going to be a significant impact in this area as LA is hosting the Olympics coming up? just like with respect to the water resources, air pollution, and access to food and everything? Yes, I do know that there's a push to move projects along in the water space in time for the Olympics. I know air quality and the perception of smog is also important when you're having visitors from around the world. Probably food, less of an issue, but it's a constant issue in the breadbasket or the, you know, the Central Valley where we have not just food, but water and air issues as well. We're having Pooja here soon to speak a little on her experience, but I was wondering if you had any advice for students interested in considering a master's in environmental engineering, especially for students that may not have that environmental engineering background. Yeah, of course, being in the civil and environmental engineering department, if you have a civil and environmental engineering degree, or if you have a chemical engineering degree, there's usually no prerequisites required. If you're coming in with, say, a mechanical engineering or something similar, there might be a makeup chemistry class or something like that. If you're coming in from the sciences, then we look at the physics side and the math side to see if there's any remedial courses that need to be made up. But we try to look at where students coming from and where they want to go and lay out courses to get there. And sometimes there can be more remedial courses, maybe for students coming from the sciences and no remedial courses in some of the engineering fields. So it sounds like if you're interested in pursuing a career in environmental engineering, but that isn't your undergraduate major, if you have the space in your schedule, consider taking physics, math, or chemistry to help prepare you for admissions into an environmental engineering master's program. Now, if there is a student that knows they want to pursue environmental engineering, do you have different advice? They can reach out to me or other faculty, and if they're interested to talk to current students in the program, we can put them into touch with them. I think we have a great group of faculty, and we try to make it so the students get to know each other, and there's a nice cohort of students taking classes together and going through the program together. And again, we try to work with students as they're graduating to make sure they are going where they want to go next, if that's staying in academia or if that's taking a position somewhere. We're with them the whole time, and we know our students pretty well, and all the faculty enjoy teaching in the program and mentoring the students. 
And I also want to say here that as an advisor in the department, I can see that our environmental engineering student community is so strong. They're very well connected with faculty and with each other. It's a great space to network and learn from your peers, learn from alumni, and learn from the faculty. So thank you so much, Dr. Childress, for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you. You've had the chance to hear a little bit about the environmental engineering program from Dr. Childress, but we also wanted to share a student perspective. Today, I'm also here with Pooja Sinha, a 2016 graduate of the Masters of Environmental Engineering program. Currently, she works at Stantec as an environmental engineer. Before we get started on the second half, I just wanted to add a little disclaimer that I forgot to switch the recording from my laptop audio to the microphone. So sadly, the start of the interview doesn't have the audio quality I was hoping for. I did remember halfway through and switched it, so you'll hear an improvement to the audio partway through. So please stick it out. Let's get back to the episode. Welcome, Pooja. How are you doing today? How was your weekend? Thank you. I'm doing very well. Thank you for inviting me, Emily. And my weekend is great. I'm sure, you know, it has been raining like crazy for the past one month. And I love rains. That's oh. water. <laughs> oh, that's so true. That's so true. Such a contrast to how everybody else feels in LA. So we've talked a little bit about how the master's program here works and it's track-based. And so you come in deciding whether or not you want to pursue a water track or an air track and you pursued water. And so do you mind sharing how you like made that decision? Yeah. I mean, oh, water is so cool. <laughs> On a philosophical basis. Yes. And very, very, very important. As I said, growing up, there were times uh, we were really struggling to get water, you know. I think that kind of life experience definitely made me want to know how can I get water? And then how can you treat water? Get it without any pollutants in it, you know. So water is also a vast field. Just so you know, water has wastewater, stormwater, groundwater. And now you have recycled water as well. So it's, again, a lot of different directions you can go within water too. But it all comes into one water situation. Everything is needed ultimately for drinking water purposes or portable, non-portable purposes that we can use efficiently. So as I took a few classes with, again, Dr. Adam Smith and Amy Chagras, it was really interesting to see how recycled water can be made. What are the different more advanced way of treating wastewater and wastewater has a lot of lot of pollutants that you would have to treat before you can use it effectively so just getting exposed to some of the classes that I took during master's program I was able to find that there's a lot of advancements happening within the water wastewater field which made me more interested in it and, and find that I, I want to know how all the water resources are being planned or implemented, you know, and how processes are designed for it. So it's basically based on a few classes that I took from wastewater that instigated more interest in knowing how a wastewater treatment plant is designed or a water recycle plant is designed. I'm curious on how that led you to Santec and what you do today. Yeah. Gosh, it's been so long. Uh, <laughs> so as soon as I graduated from USC, I first started with a small family-based stormwater consulting firm. And I took one class, Dr. Pierre Bazari's 
class, and that was related to stormwater best management practices. And that helped me get into also knowing stormwater. And so I took my first job at a more smaller firm doing more stormwater. And then I wanted to diversify and understand. As you know, I love wastewater poop. That's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Which may be an unpopular opinion. Absolutely. (laughs) So... I was like, oh man, I have to do something with wastewater. I wouldn't say that it was a bad idea starting with stormwater because that's also important. After that, since I wanted to diversify my uh, career to understanding wastewater design and water treatment design, I uh, got the opportunity to go to Stantec. And we do have a few alumni working at Stantec, especially in the Pasadena office, which was helpful where I networked with them, I knew them. And so I was able to get my resume to them. Okay, can I please come and join you guys? Can you interview me? (laughs) Kind of going back to your job right out of your master's being heavily in stormwater. Mm -hmm. And then now you're in wastewater and you've talked about recycled water. And so how difficult is it to move between? Yeah, very good question. Um, It's not that hard. It's a very short learning curve on, on certain levels. It's just if you're open to learning, I think switching back and forth, it's not a big deal. But the most important thing is ultimately at some point you have to choose or or have a combination. You can't do all, you know, you can't do all. As you grow in your career, it's important to establish at least one or two Two is always better. Two lines of expertise it can be either be wastewater, water, or stormwater, whatever combination that works best for you based on the place that you're working at or based on your interest, really picking up a couple different pathways that really interests you. It's really important, but switching back and forth can really overwhelm you. You're not best at anything, you know, but initially as a young engineer, if you want to like explore all of it, you can do that. And it's not that hard because ultimately the treatments are almost similar. You're trying to achieve a better water quality. And so it's doable. But in the beginning, I would definitely recommend anyone trying out whatever they can. It can be stormwater, groundwater, wastewater, water. But ultimately, as you grow in your career, it's better to pick a couple of pathways. Don't stick to just one, but have a couple of expertise that you really want to develop and dive deep into because if I touch any of these fields, it's like an ocean of knowledge. So it's really important to stick to a couple and grow in that field. On that topic of growing and getting deep, where do you see yourself and and where do you want to take your career? Yeah, for now, although I'm six years into my career, I feel like a baby. (laughs) There is so much knowledge. I work with some of my colleagues who are like, 40 to 50 years of experience and they still learn and they teach us. So it's a constant learning experience. But as well, it's important to have some of the leadership skills and be confident about what you've learned and execute on certain projects. So as I grow through it, I, of course, want to be really technically sound on certain areas such as water reuse, biosolids reuse and renewable energy generation through wastewater. So I love doing design work or planning work related to these fields of interest. And so in the future, I want to be a technical lead. But also there are certain skills that, you know, you could be a good project manager or a project coordinator. So I want to find a cross link between project management and technical lead. 
and execute some successful projects related to wastewater, water reuse, or biosolids. And so as an environmental engineer, is your job more about discussing the processes that are used to clean the water? Or are you going in and like testing water? Or are you kind of analyzing the results of someone that has? No, that's a good question. So when I meant that I do planning to execution, planning meaning really understanding what kind of process is actually needed to treat a certain wastewater. Say, for example, there's wastewater generated at USC, right? And if you want to recycle it, there's certain water quality that you want to meet. And all these water quality for reuse water is being established through regulations in California. So I personally don't physically test, but When I'm serving a client or another agency, we do ask them for results. Hey, do you have a source water quality for that wastewater that is generated in your specific city? And then based on that, we will design or plan for processes or treatment processes that is needed to reach a certain water quality at the effluent. And that is mainly done through, yes, a lot of calculations, process calculations, knowing what kind of process trains is needed and writing a feasibility report and knowing where it can be located, siting analysis. So when it comes to planning, it's it's a lot of analysis and writing reports, really understanding what is needed for a specific water treatment goal. And is there back and forth? So say they present you with this and then you present back a process and then do they implement that process? And are you part of the process of evaluating whether or not that was an effective solution? Absolutely. Different clients deal it differently, but for the most part, yes, once you do the planning, you you kind of be in the weeds of what kind of alternatives have been considered, what alternatives we had recommended. And based on funding that is available, the city goes through a sequence of steps that they have to go through to understand if the water quality goal is met. Is it easy to implement it? You know, is it easy to operate it? How much cost it would be for both operating as well as capital costs? So we would do an alternative assessment and then the city would take all our recommendations and they would go to their board to understand if this funding can happen or not. And ultimately from feasibility, then it would go into conceptual design phase. And then, yes, this is the design that we want to go. Then it goes into preliminary design. Then it goes into 30% design, 60% design, and 90% design. And finally, it gets fully designed and constructed. So it's a sequence of steps that the city also goes through to understand if a project can actually be implemented or not. Once there is a green light to go for it, a next sequence of steps happens how to implement it. Is there any advice you would give to someone that's just starting out? Um, both like considering the master's, but then also students that are just graduating. Yeah. The first recommendation I would have for students is being always open to opportunities, even for graduates who are trying to understand air versus water. Really, maybe take a class, see how do you like it, or talk to a professor, see what resonates best to you. Making a more logical decision is important, but always be open to opportunities. Learn, and if you don't like it, you don't like it, move on to next, but know when you don't like it and know when you like it. I think it's so important to pay attention 
do certain things that you love doing and that doesn't stress you out you know <laughs> but there's also good stress right yes stress the good stress yes <laughs> very true i can't lie i do get stressed but again maintaining a balance and knowing if you enjoy and that's why you, you want to do it yeah that's first advice and second is to be involved in other organizations it can be association of civil engineers or water environmental federation which is beth or there's local california water environmental associations really important to connect to that water community or there should be other air community as well really picking a good organization that you want to support i'm sure there are student organizations at usc too but if you want to really find out what the water community is doing try and and look at their website and see if you can engage in a couple of networking sessions or there must be brown back sessions where they are teaching or sharing presentations about a specific technology or things like that so know your community around you both inside USC and outside USC because you never know you can end up with a job through your network so i think it's really important to pay attention to that thank you so much I wanted to ask you one last thing. Do you have a fun fact or just a tidbit related to water that you'd like to share? Maybe it's something that's like a common misconception about how something in, in the water process works. Yeah. In the olden days, poop literally used to be a gold, a resource that people traded among themselves. It's in one of the Asian countries that it started. And then slowly, as a lot of European and, and westernization came into place, the first flushing kind of engineering came into place which is not bad but we lost track of that resource you know it can be either poop or food waste or any waste i think always pay attention to your waste stuff i'm sure they have a lot of things in them that you can mine through and from poop you can get water and i'm sure there is a misconception yes how can i drink that you know is it safe yes all those questions even bothers me too but then there has been so much research and advancements going on and people have implemented it in even developing countries so i was at a conference in january 2020 that was happening at my hometown city in chennai and there were people from city of vintok namibia and they had implemented water reuse which is direct potable water reuse from 2002 and why did they implement it because they were facing high drought and they had to find an alternative water supply so examples like that are always right in front of us of course we have to make sure the public health risk is never sacrificed but yes we can drink that water if it's properly treated and i think it's really important to at least be open to the fact that yes if we don't have water we have to find another sustainable way to make water it's just so sad that we are using water just once right i'm sure we can use it a few times if it's safe and i think we have to have a little idea that maybe i should be open to it and there's other gold mines from poop <laughs> 
you can take biosolids out of it. I've known researchers who have really tested uh, biosolid from a wastewater treatment plant versus not biosolids. It's just a fertilizer. How a plant can grow really differently with two different nutrient sources. And there has been a lot of research going on. Of course, it's really important to pay attention to all the pollutants that's coming in. But we have only so much resources in this earth. We have to make sure we are effectively and sustainably using whatever we can. I mean, the major problem is the pathogens. There are good pathogens, bad pathogens too, but then urine as such has so much nutrients. If we can take out the pathogens from it, kill them, it is right there. We can use it instead of really finding resources for phosphorus and exporting it from different countries, we can do it here. You know, I think as our quality of life, our urbanization increases, we just have to be more creative. It can be too much engineering sometimes. But again, as I went to that conference, I saw a lot of developing countries also doing nature-based solutions, and which is also being used in stormwater more effectively in California. So nature-based solutions are being given important and very much equal to engineered solutions as well. Very cool. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I just wanted, is there any final thing you'd like to share? Well, no, I'm I'm so happy to be here. Good luck to all the students who are going to start their master's or are going to get graduated soon. If you have any questions, yes, you can reach out to me and good luck. Thank you so much for joining me today, Pooja. It was such a pleasure hearing from an alumni and just learn more about what water we have here in LA. And to the listeners, thank you for tuning in. Join us next time to hear more from the Yastani Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering. Bye.